welcome back guys to the new and improved podcast with your girl Brianna Callis self-love overflow we're here I believe that in order for you to find your purpose you have to love yourself first gotta love yourself first and in order to do that you have to change your thinking it all starts in your mind so let's hop into this episode what's up y'all i'm back i'm back i'm back um i'm glad to be back i'm happy to be back so much has happened over these last couple of months man um so before i kind of hop into the meat of this podcast on today um i just wanted to say the last time that i podcasted we talked about god's love and um it 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 really played its part you know because the very next day my pastor was actually um killed in a car accident and um it just kind of really shook us to the core you know the the church family the city of richmond um and you know my husband me and my husband because we've been at that church for about five years we've grown like so much you know underneath him um and yeah so I mean that happened and so like my church has been going through like this huge transition um shout out to Pastor Nicole uh Pastor Bradley's wife she's been doing an amazing job super proud of her um but other than that guys like uh the 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 kids are doing great I know you guys remember me talking about my son being born three months premature where he turned one while I was out on hiatus um December 24th and he is doing so well he's trying to walk um and 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 he's he's eating trying to eat table food you know we're a little behind on some of that stuff just being that he was born three months premature but he's doing so well and I'm so happy about it um yeah that's about all I can think of right now but you know a lot has been a lot has been happening God has really been working on me um just 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 really been taking his time working on me Um, And so that leads me to my topic for today, which is we're going to talk a little bit about um, obedience and disobedience. And um, I want to start by saying, if you have not read Deuteronomy chapter 28, then please do so. Um, That is like literally the the chapter for obedience and disobedience. And it is raw, like so raw, y'all. So make sure y'all y'all read that. Um, and then I also want you guys to go ahead if, when you get a chance and to read the first seven chapters of the book of Joshua. Um, I know that these are probably not books that you guys reference all the time. You know, most people, they go to, <clears throat> excuse me, they go to, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they go to Proverbs, they go to Psalms, they go to Job, they go to Romans. Um, but for real, y'all, the book of Joshua is amazing. It has so many gems in it. I know that it's in the Old Testament, and you know, when, when um, God sent his son to die on the cross for our sins, that it, it kind of, you know, we, we don't get punished the same way that they do in the Old Testament. But you can literally take this and, and apply it to your everyday life. So I really encourage you guys to read those because I, I don't have the time to read Deuteronomy 28 or the first seven chapters of Joshua, but they both really bless me and they both really get into the nitty gritty of obedience, um, the cost of disobedience and the blessing of being obedient to God. So, um, like, I really feel like God has been working on me in reference to this obedience thing, because I feel like I've always been the type to, um, kind of wallow on the surface of obedience. Um, 
you know, I kind of pick and choose when I want to be obedient, and I'm not always obedient. I'm changing, but I, I have not always been obedient in the small things. Um, and I think that when you are trying to grow in God, um, being obedient all around is important. You know, little obedience is disobedience. You know, you have to be 100% obedient to what God has called you to do. You cannot pick and choose what you want to be obedient to. But basically, um, you know, today, I, 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 this morning, I studied the book of Joshua, and it just really opened my eyes to a few things. And I wrote a few notes down that I wanted to share with you guys um, that really, really spoke to me. So, of course, when you first go into the book of Joshua, it is referencing the death of Moses and how um, Joshua was actually Moses' um, servant or assistant. Um, and it, Moses was kind of, in a sense, mentoring Joshua. And when Moses passed away, God raised Joshua up in Moses' place. So now the book of Joshua starts off um, with Joshua actually stepping into this leadership position, you know, after Moses died. And so now... <laughs> It's so funny because when you go back and you read the story about Moses and how, you know, Moses was called to lead them to the promised land that God promised them and how Moses just dealt with some of the neediest, meanest, um, whining people ever. You know, I mean, these people, they whined, they complained, you know. And so Joshua, being Moses' assistant, being right up underneath Moses all of the time, kind of knew what he was getting himself into, right? Um, and so Joshua steps into this position, this leadership position, and he has been giving given instructions. And one of the things that I literally took from the book of Joshua, Joshua was that um, were two things, you know, leadership potential is often identified in, in our faithfulness to serve others, you know, and so. Joshua was put into this leadership position because he was faithful to Moses. He served Moses and he was obedient to God's call upon his life in that season. You know, God called him to assist Moses. That's what he did. Leadership potential is often identified in our faithfulness to serve others. You know, so it, it, it really caused me to take a step back to really um, evaluate my service to other people. And, you know, when you think of service, you know, I think some people may think, oh, it's like slavery. Or, you know, when you think of service, you think of, um, you know, you having to give out money to somebody. But that's not it. Um, that's not um, that's not part of it. I mean, yes, serving someone could definitely be giving them some money for something that they may need. But um, we have to understand that service could be something as simple as giving someone a hug. You know, service could be something as simple as helping your spouse cook. Um, service, um, serving others could be something as simple as um, bathing your kids, telling your kids about God's word, you know, just simple things, you know. And, and it really th made me take a step back because when you think of leadership, um, you think of someone who is in charge. You think of someone who makes all of the decisions. You think um, of someone who... Um, is pretty much doing everything on their own. And leadership actually requires some form of service to others, even in a position of leadership. You know, you're, that's what you're doing. You're serving others. You're leading other people. Um, and so that, that was like one little nugget that I took from that. Um, but another nugget that I took from it was that when, when you are placed in a position of leadership, um, you're always going to be given instruction, 
right? You know, and, and, and it's important that we learn and understand that we have to be obedient to those instructions. So when we go into Joshua, I believe it was, let me see if I could find it. Well, in the first chapter, um, it, God gave Joshua specific instructions. Um, and it basically said that, you know, now you and all the people need to prepare to cross over Jordan, over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. So now Joshua has this um he has to have this propensity to go ahead and to lead these people um, now that Moses is gone. And so we have to understand that when we are placed in leadership positions, we have to adhere to God's instruction. Why? Because we want to get to where God wants to take us. But when you're in a leadership position, you are responsible for other people. And you have to ensure that you are being obedient to God's instructions. Um, and in this case, God's instruction is his word in our life today. God's instruction is the word of God and the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit um, prompts you to do something, you have to be obedient to that. You know, you have to meditate and understand the instructions from God so that you can prosper and so that those you are leading will prosper. And so that's the type of um, position that Joshua stepped into. It, it, he had clear instructions um, and, and he understood that his success was tied to his devotion and continuous study of God's instruction or the word of God for us and service to others. So, you know, that was like the first part. And I was just like, okay, you know, I've heard this before, you know, I've seen this before in the word of God, you know, because Moses did the same thing. Um, but it really clicked with me today, you know, it really clicked to me, clicked with me today because it just made me realize, dang, like how much success have we missed out on because we are disobedient, you know? You know, how much success have we missed out on because we just chose to do things our way? You know, being in a leadership position, how many people have we, um, in a sense, kind of um, helped them? to make bad decisions because of our disobedience. You know, we, we are an example as leaders, and, and it's important that we learn and understand the importance of being obedient to God's word so that we can be an example for other people to be obedient to God's word. So I just thought that that was absolutely amazing. And I know y'all are going to hear me turn my page um, because I have my Bible in front of me. But I continue to read on, um, and, and so... Now they're in a season where they're preparing to, to cross the Jordan and to overtake the promised land, right? And so, you know, God has given them clear instructions about what they need to do. And, of course, like I said, I'm not going to go through all instructions, but I really encourage you guys to read the first seven chapters of um, Joshua. Y'all can read the whole, the whole book, you know, if you want, but seriously. Um, and so during, we continue to read on and it's talking about how we must be ready to go in and take possession. They have, like they must be ready and prepared to go in and take possession. And I think that that's a part of leadership as well. When you are obedient, it's easier for you to always be ready. It's easier for you to prepare to go in and take possession of something that God has promised you. And when you are disobedient, it's almost as if you don't have clear instruction. You know, it's almost as if you um, chaos is always in, around you. Your mind is always chaotic. Um, 
like it's almost as if disobedience literally opens a door for drama and chaos to come in. And I feel like that's kind of how you can kind of tell when something crazy is happening in your life and, and you want to or you need to, you're trying to evaluate how this even happened. I can guarantee you that you could probably go back and realize that the situation that you're in in this moment um, was caused by some form of disobedience. You know, and it, I mean, it just really makes you think, you know, it really, it really makes you evaluate things differently, you know, in reference to obedience and disobedience, you know, and it really makes you realize like, dag, like even the, even the small things, even the small things that we do that are disobedient, it's like, it's still big. It still opens a door for Satan to come in and to wreak havoc in your life, you know, and and, and, and we have to be more concerned about being obedient to God. Okay? Um, so there was a part in here um, in my Bible. I have a study Bible. And it was talking about how, um, you know, God had promised them this promised land. But God was equally concerned with how they got to the promise. So... You know, just like us, God has promised us so many things, prosperity, good health. You know, God wants what's best for us. And he's promised us these things, but we have to be prepared to receive them. And then we also have to understand that we cannot just accept and receive these promises any kind of way. So we have to kind of get to a point in our lives where, um, where we're not willing to go before God any kind of way. We're not willing to live life any kind of way. We're not willing to receive the promises of God any kind of way, you know, because God is concerned about that. And that's why we have instruction. That is exactly why we have instruction. Okay. So moving from that, moving from that piece, I get to chapter three and chapter three is just mind blowing. And I am going to read a couple of verses for you guys. So we get to chapter three and now they're preparing to strategize. To, um, to, to cross the, the Jordan, which is a river, and to take hold of the promised land. Okay, so you read chapter 3, and it starts off with talking about how, you know, they start off early in the morning, um, and they go as far as the Jordan, and they stay at the Jordan before crossing, okay? And so now they're, and pretty much they're waiting at the Jordan to receive further instruction from God. So while they're, you know, after a few days of being at the Jordan, um, Joshua was instructed by God to send God's Ark of the Covenant, um, which represents God's presence first. And so he's appointed these spiritual leaders to, um, to take the Ark of the Covenant and to step into the Jordan River. Now, I had to go do some research on the Jordan River because I just really wanted to know. And I Googled it, so y'all quote me on this if need be. But um, So the Jordan River, is um, it's a very long river. Um, I tried to look to see how deep it was, but I could not see um, exactly how deep it was. Um, but the Jordan River actually um, goes into or falls into the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea, I think it said it was about 10,000 feet deep. Um, so it's a huge, huge, you know, that's a huge sea. Um, but in the Bible, it talks about when we get to verse 15 in chapter three, it says, now the Jordan overflows its banks throughout the harvest season. But as soon as the priests carrying the ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water at its edge and the water flowing downstream stood still 
rising up in a mass that extended as far as Adam, a city next to Zarethan. The water flowing downstream into the Sea of the Arabah, the Dead Sea, was completely cut off, and the people crossed opposite Jordan. The priests carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood firmly on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while all Israel crossed on dry ground until the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan. So I just want y'all to, to imagine it. it. This sounds similar to the Red Sea when God parted the waters for Moses and everyone to cross, right? Um, but when I went out and I looked, it was talking about how, first of all, the first the first verse that I read, verse 15, it says, now the Jordan overflows its banks throughout the harvest season. Okay, so we're at this river, and it's a river that's overflowing. It's Apparently, it's harvest season, just based off of this verse. It's harvest season, so that means that the river is overflowing. But as I continue to read on, it talks about how this river has a swift current. So anybody who's familiar with the current knows, and I'm not that familiar with it, knows that currents are strong. And if you get get into a current, it's very difficult to get out. You have to kind of swim against the current, right? And I don't know about y'all, but I'm not the best swimmer. Like, I can do a little something. Um, I definitely probably need to go ahead and take some swimming lessons just to kind of get my game up. But um, I, I, I don't know how comfortable I would be near an overflowing river with the current. You know, and, and that just amazed me because it was like, okay, God gave them, gave the spiritual leaders instruction to step into the Jordan. You know, and so when you think about it, Water is super powerful, right? And like it's water is. I'm sorry, y'all. It just it was so good when I was reading it. But water is so powerful, and so when you think about it, just think about how how it, easy it probably was for fear to kind of overtake these spiritual leaders because they're looking at this overflowing river, and 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 they're getting ready to step into a river with a swift current. Like, <laughs> ain't that crazy? Like, I don't know about y'all, but I don't think. I don't know. I don't know how obedient I would have been able to be in that situation. Like real talk, you know, because um, I don't know. Water is just I don't know. Water does something to me. Um, and I'm very cautious whenever I'm swimming or near big bodies of water. But anywho, moving along. So when it, what, how I tried to apply it to my life um, was that they had an opportunity to either not dip their feet in but be overflowed with this river, you know, have this river overtake them and be washed into the current anyway, or they could have been obedient and dip their feet into this water, which also had a swift current. And they were obedient. And because of their obedience, God splits the Jordan River and the, and the entire nation is then able to walk through. So, so two things kind of popped out at me. So I told you guys about the Ark of the Covenant and how they were instructed to um, to present the arcs of the Ark of the Covenant first. And the Ark of the Covenant were, um, represents God's presence, and so when you when you are in the presence of God and when you send God first, you know when you adhere to God's will first, when you put God first in every decision, every action, every thought, every word, then God then that opens a door for God to do the miraculous. You know, your strength comes from God's presence. You know, so that's why it was it was so easy for them to step into this water with this swift current or even be near a river that is overflowing because they put God first. You know, so that was that was 
amazing to me because of course, I mean, simple, simple spoke, simply spoken. Um, we have to put God first in everything. We have to send God first. We have to um, adhere to God's instruction first. Um, and we have to adhere to it the first time he says it. We have to be obedient to God, um, but we also have to make sure that he's first in any decisions that we make. Um, and so love, 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 love that. Because now when we put God first, he can do everything else. You know, and, and this should also be our divine order, putting God first. Putting God first, you know. And they demonstrated, you know, by being obedient, they demonstrated a faith that believed that God would intervene. And I think that sometimes we just get so caught up in life that we don't even really believe that God will intervene into a situation on our behalf. You know, we don't even believe that we'll hear from God about something. You know, we just continue to go about life the way that we've always gone about life. And, you know, God, he just wants so much more for us. God wants miraculous things to happen in our life, not because we're always in a dire situation, but because he just wants to show himself in our lives um, and so that he can really, so that people can really see him through us and within our lives. And so I, I love the fact that obedience is better than fear. It's bigger than fear. Um, you don't have to be fearful when you choose obedience to God. You don't. Because let's be real, like this river, you know, God can part an entire river and have an entire nation. I mean, the United States is a is a nation. You know, imagine everybody in the United States walking through a river on dry ground and water on both sides. Imagine that. I just want y'all to just, you know, use your imagery and imagine how that looks. That is crazy. You know, if God can do that, then then what makes you think that God can't intervene in your situation? You know, and, and just think about the fact of the matter of what if they would have been disobedient? You know, let's be real. If God can part the waters, God can surely, 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 surely cause that. He could have surely caused that river to just flood and, and take everybody out, you know. And so I was just so happy to see that they were obedient. But it, it really got me thinking because... Um, you know, that's the type of faith that we need to have. We need to always have faith that God is going to intervene. And, and another thing that came to mind was um, was just the simple fact that it, it, the obedience almost looked the just as bad as the disobedience. You get what I'm saying? So either I'm going to stand here and I'm going to let this river overflow and take me anyway, or I'm going to step in and be obedient and, 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 and let God intervene. I'm going to step into this swift current that can just take me out and dump me into the Dead Sea, which I ain't too sure that I want to be dumped into a sea that's dead. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Um, and so it just made me think that even when, our, even when being obedient looks like it's designed to take us out, we have to be faithful. We have to be trusting in God. And we have to understand that God is with us you know, in our obedience, that God honors our obedience and that we don't have to be fearful because God is going to, to make a way in the wilderness. You know, he's, he's, he's going to make a way. He's going to make a way. 
you know, and, and leadership comes with multiple opportunities of obedience. Like when you step into a position of leaders of leadership, when you when you really step into that, you you're going to have multiple opportunities to make decisions to be obedient or disobedient. You know, and you have to know and understand that you can't overcome anything in disobedience. So those were the first three chapters. Um, And as you go on, you guys can choose to read the rest. But the rest is literally talking about how, you know, they get across the Jordan, um, four through seven. They get across the Jordan. um, And, of course, God is, um, you know, continually, continuously giving them instruction Um, And they're being obedient in this instruction. You know, they walk around um, the city seven times and the walls fall and they go in and they overtake the city um, and of Jericho. And and, you know, God delivers this city into their hands and they worship God afterwards. But God gave them um, specific instruction in reference to going into the city. And he told them, you know, to destroy everything. You know, but for all the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and iron, and this is chapter 6, verse 19, they're dedicated to the Lord and must go into the Lord's treasury. Well, we have, they had one person who, who went in and, and disobeyed, and he took some stuff for himself. Um, and basically, Joshua goes to God, and he's on his knees, and he's begging like, God, I don't know what to do. You know, I don't understand because he had sent some of his troops into another another city to overtake it, and they were defeated. And so he didn't understand the defeat. He didn't understand why God would allow them to be defeated. And so God had to let him know, like, no, this is not time. This is not time for you to fall down and cry and be upset and hurt when one of your people disobeyed me. One of your people, one of the people that you were responsible for disobeyed me flat out. Um, you cannot defeat the enemy in disobedience. Okay, a little disobedience is still disobedience. And even though he may not have taken a lot, he was still disobedient. You know, being obedient is not an option. You can't pick and choose when you want to be obedient. You have to be obedient irregardless of what the situation looks like. Even when you feel like there are things that are placed in front of you that you could really use, that you could really get. If God tells you not to touch it, don't touch it. If God tells you not to move, don't move. If God, if God tells you to shut up, shut up. You know, you have to be obedient to whatever God is asking you to do. You can't continue to make your obedience an option. And that's what I think his name was a con. That's what he did, you know. And, and, and what happened was his disobedience ended up causing punishment, not just for him, but for his entire family. When you go on, it says that he, he had to come, that Joshua had to confront him. Um, and, and he admitted that he took the stuff. And then him, his entire family, his flock, um, you know, all, everything that he had was burned. He was stoned to death. His family was stoned to death. You know, God was a was an OG. Like, real talk, God had a little bit of hood in him. I ain't even lying. But it, his disobedience caused punishment for his entire family. And that's what you have to understand. When you are a leader, when you choose disobedience over obedience, you are choosing punishment and death for those who are supposed to be around you, for those that you are supposed to be leading, for those that you are supposed to look up to. Now, yes, those people do have 
the ability to make their own decisions of, of obedience and disobedience. But you have to understand that you are responsible for your own tribe of people, whether it be your kids, your siblings, people who look up to you, whether you're a mentor, you are responsible. You are responsible for ensuring that these people do what they're supposed to do in your position of leadership. And, and, and when, you're, when, you're, when you lose sight of that, you know, when you begin to make decisions out of disobedience, this causes punishment to everyone around you. Yeah, the, 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 the entire Israelite tribe, none of them were probably affected, but how do you all think they, they felt having to watch that, having to watch or having to stone their own people or having to watch them be burned? You know, and, and Akan's wife and kids, and, and they didn't do any of that that he did, but they ended up having to pay for that. Thank God it's not like that anymore. But when you really look at it from a spiritual sense, especially as being a mother now, my acts of disobedience can harm my children because I'm not being a leading example in my household of, of what obedience should look like. So if I'm always being disobedient to God, what do I think my kids are learning? Or my, or my younger siblings, you know? And so that's, that's what's important. Being obedient, in, even, even when you feel like no one is looking, even when you feel like you've gotten away with something, you know, or you could get away with something, learning how to be obedient, obedient, you know, because God is not going to withhold his goodness or his benefit from us. You know, God wants to bless us. He wants to give us the desires of our heart. But we have to understand that we block those blessings. You know, we block that goodness. We block the opportunity to have heaven on earth when we continuously make decisions out of disobedience. Plain and simple. And what's crazy is when you read on, once they once they got rid of Akan and Akan's family and everything that was connected to that disobedience, um, they ended up being able to go in and take another city and basically getting everything that he stole, that God gave them everything that he stole. And so had he waited on God and been obedient, he would have gotten what he took in the first place. And that's literally, in my opinion, what happens to us. You know, we, we move so quickly because we feel like we don't hear from God or we don't have instruction from God when we do, you know, because even God's the, the silence that we feel like we feel from God is instruction. You know, it's, it's be still and know that I'm God or be still and, and wait for me to give you further instruction. You know, we have to stop trying to make moves on our own and really become reliant on God. You know, we have to become reliant on God. You know, because disobedience is failing to trust God's goodness and sufficiency. You know, and, and it's pursuing what you want instead of what God wants for you. And that's what we do. We rely and, and, and we trust on our own sufficiency. And we rely and we trust on our own goodness, not even realizing that what God wants for us is so big, is so much better, and, and it's, it's much more than we could ever imagine. And so I was laughing as I was reading it because when Joshua goes down on his on his face trying to figure out why they lost this battle, you know, God is like, stand up. What what you falling down for? You know, what what are you falling down for? And and he says, you know, 
this is not the time for any of that. You know, this this is not the time for contrition and desperation before the Lord. Okay? Figure out who sinned, who did it, and fix it. And and I think that there are a lot of us in this position now. Um, because we always that that's it's that saying that talks about no need to cry over spilled milk. And I, I added something to the end of that, no need to cry over spilled milk spilled milk, especially when you're the one who spilled it. Um, because we tend to make decisions, we tend to make moves on our own, and and not realizing that it's out of the alignment of God. And then we want to come before God and cry and, and, and be depressed and be sad and be upset because now our life is a mess based off of a disobedient decision that we've made and we don't know how to fix it. You know, so then we want to go to God and God is like, had to tell Joshua, man, stand up. This is not the time for that. You are a leader. People are watching you. You need to get up and you need to make this right so that you can get back to where I need you to be. And that's literally how it is and where he is. Um, bless, bless, bless story. You know, I just it really blessed me and it really kind of opened my eyes to um, just the importance of obedience and to the fact that there are consequences um, for our faithlessness and our disobedience. You know, either we're going to trust God and adhere to his will for our life or we're going to be out here on our own. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to live in this world without God. I don't want to to be here and have to go through day by day without him, without his presence, without his instruction, without his word, without his love, his guidance, his patience, um, his forgiveness. Like, I don't want to be in a world where I have to live without him. And so um, I'm choosing obedience, and especially in this season in my life. Um I'm choosing obedience. I really am. And, you know, my prayer is that you all choose obedience too. Don't allow your own selfishness um, to rule you, you know, um, by taking your desires and your actions in your own hands, you know. Figure out what God is calling you to do right now in this season so that you can be obedient to that. And the way that you do that is to hold fast to his instruction um, his word, get in his word. So if you guys have some time, I'm telling you, go back and read Joshua, man. It's, it's, it's great. I can't wait to finish the entire book. Um, but I just had to come on and talk about this a little bit. Um, and I'm also going to encourage you guys to go listen to, um, her name is Patrice Williams. Is it Patrice Williams? No, Patrice Washington. Sorry. Her name is Patrice Washington. Um, and, and, and what kind of got me reading this chapter was an interview that she did with, I believe her name was Shantae Holly, and it was called The Cost of Disobedience. And um, her podcast is called, um, oh, I forgot what it was, but her name is Patrice Washington. The podcast is awesome. Um, but that particular podcast what is awesome the cost of disobedience because there is a cost of disobedience and you know you don't want to cost yourself everything you don't want to cost yourself heaven on earth by making a dumb decision out of disobedience um so i hope that this blessed you guys i love you guys um i hope that you took a lot from this i hope that you're more empowered and motivated to be obedient to god's will for your life um and i'll be praying for you all and i hope that you guys have 
a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And I'm back, y'all. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Peace, love. definitely have to shout out all of my listeners man i really appreciate and love you guys you guys have still been holding me down still been listening to my podcast even though i've been on this hiatus um i got back on man and i and i went from 1.1k to 2.3k and i'm just blessed um overly joy overly joy y'all keep listening man um share this podcast love this podcast give me some feedback and, and just know that I love you all and I appreciate you listening. And I really pray and hope that my words are, are, are changing you, are life-changing. You know, that God's word is changing you and it's life-changing. Um, so I love y'all. Shout out to y'all. Keep it up.